world back again. It is the awesome tag team of two, the country rep report. Yours truly, Big XL. What up, Mr. Deuce, Frank? And um, y'all know what you're watching. We get we are the guys who give you our opinion, our reviews, our expertise on some of your favorite and least favorite country rap videos. We we'll also give you AMAs. Those are the shows that you can access anything, whether it's music business related. Um, it can be even social social issues. We'll talk about that too. But we also bring you guys exclusive interviews with some of your favorite artists in the genre of country rap. And um, I think soon that we'll be expanding because, um, and I'm saying this, Spank ain't heard me. He's looking like, what? What? Yeah, what? Um, but no, because um, I want to interview, I definitely want to interview Stone. Um, I would like to interview Be Loose. Um, so if we can start getting some of these executives and videographers and producers of country rap. Well, I mean, we got Brent Lynn. So we've been trying to interview his ass for two months. But he's a rapper too. Mm, he video got first for me. I think. Uh, he got quite a, he's got more videos, but he's got quite a few songs. Um, but yeah. I want to get Stone. I would love to get B loose. Um, I would love to get somebody at Average Joe. Okay. Um, what's his name? Tracy, I think. I can't remember. Uh, don't I don't. That's probably a, a boogie connect right there. We, we might should get boogie. Maybe I don't know. You quiet? So maybe not. I mean, I mean, he's more. Yeah, for asset this show, yes, but I, it probably won't be a long show unless we just dig into his history of hip hop. Oh, but like some yeah. of some some of these, um, if we start doing interviews with people who are not artists, uh-huh. right? We can make those AMA episodes, and we can center questions around the what they. Well, oh, that would be cool. Like people like Uncle Turtle, and maybe Chad Arms because he's an artist and he's also a YouTuber. Uh, like anybody that's in the media space, hell yeah, I'm I'm all for that. So you know, we're just constantly growing. At least y'all know what's dope about this show. At least I don't want to sound arrogant, but it's dope that we come up with more ideas while we are filming than we do. We probably talk more while we're filming. So a lot of these ideas are born right in front of you guys' eyes, and I hope we don't forget them. And I hope oh, no, I, I write shit down I, and we implement them. So whenever we talk about it, if you motherfuckers don't do it before we do, uh, but by the time the episode airs, we're already on it. So you ain't going to beat us to it. Is there anyone out there in the ring with us? We got competition yet? Um, Chad, just, his podcast is still going. Um, I don't, the, the, the honest and that other dude, that thing that is not happening. You got the other reaction people that are out there. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't count reactioners. Um, well, they, then no, I haven't seen anybody else. Okay, cool. We're, we're in our lane. We'll stay in our lane. Don't get. Don't. Don't. Don't get elbowed. Oh no 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 no. There's no space in it. We need more. We need more people. We we need to. We need other people that can capture video footage when people are out on the road, like that type of stuff, because we're not doing it. So, you know, we need those people out there. The more legitimate media people, the better. Um, I was thinking, I'm glad you said video footage, and then we'll bring on our guests. I was, so I have video footage. I just took like little short clips from the Upturk show. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, our, our viewers would, wouldn't mind watching. I put them on my personal accounts. 
Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, you and Heather, will we get struck for that, or should I just put it up regardless? Because yeah, well, you get struck because the music in here doesn't belong to us. But it's only like maybe ten seconds. We'll still get struck. Yeah, it's still it's still a copyright claim. You you it don't you you going off of the old school um, thinking of if a sample is under X amount of time, then it's okay to do it. Like that's not true. Like it it doesn't matter if it's two seconds, three seconds. If it can be verified as being not yours and belong to someone else, then you will get a copyright claim for it. Can I? Is it a way to mute the footage? You can mute it, but then that's what's the point of it? Because you know you're doing a live church concert, you know, showing people what it's like, and they can hear the the crowd interaction like that. That, that would be kind of a mute point. You think I should put it up for the people? Yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna let you put it on the channel now because it's gonna mess up her aesthetics of the channel. I try doing that. She she gets mad when I try to post on the channel. You can put it on. Anywhere other than the Instagram, any uh, you can put it on Facebook all day, but the Instagram she needs it to be aesthetically pleasing, and she gets mad when I break those. No, no, aesthetics. no, for the YouTube people who watch the YouTube. Well, drop it. Yeah, put it up there. Put it up there. She don't care. No, you won't get a. You'll get a copyright claim, but it's fine. This it's his music anyway, so he'll get the views for whatever comes in there. I think I'll. I think I'll drop it because I've seen other people dropping stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and um. This is probably an AMA question. I'm going to say this, then we're going to bring the guests on. I see a lot of people who have built YouTube. There's a YouTube channel called Ryan Up Church Fans. Okay. And they just take, like, when he goes live on Instagram or, like, stuff he talks about, mm-hmm. and they just post it on their page. Can they make money off of that? Well, they absolutely can. Like, say, there's some, there's an app, I don't know if it's YouTube, I mean, I don't know if it's Instagram or TikTok, where you sit there and these questions just pop above your head. I'm sure you've seen it before. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He does, he, at some point, he does those a lot. Mm-hmm. And they, I know they take this from his page, but they'll make a video of all that he done, and then they might put themselves playing with their cat. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the video, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they'll they'll do all uh, he he answers the question da, 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 and then they'll show some footage of their cat. And that's my cat gunshot wound, and that's my cat fleas. And I'm like, what the, the cats? I think it's cool for his fans because me personally, ever since that event, uh-huh. I've watched because I've been I just have come infatuated with footage from those two days. So anybody who dropped any type of footage, I'm really looking for myself. I'm trying to see if anybody caught my back or anything. <laughs> but um, but and I'm really trying to see how many people actually just were there. But I'm like, man, why? I, and I it made one like I wonder if this person I this I know this person is monetized because he's got enough fans for them to be monetized. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, can they can, you can take someone's Instagram post, post it on your page, and yes, you can. So you mean to tell me I'm wasting my time turning on my camera, creating news pieces, but I could just take the news piece? Yeah. Wow. Shows no originality. I'm not going to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the nature of where we are. Now, if any point of, there was any music played in that, then, or, I mean, if you got a creative lawyer, he can say that it's just infringing on his 
brand and take all of the strings, but you gotta you gotta fight all of that. You know, that's an uphill legal battle. But yes, it can be done. Interesting, interesting. Hey man, we just told some of y'all on how to start a news channel. So, I mean, if they were smart, they would do it for all of the top acts over here internally. Like Savannah would have one, Adam would have one, Jelly would have one. Like they, they would all they, have someone doing they it. For them. They should. If they were smart, because now you're able to control the narrative. And I'm pretty sure I've said that a lot over the last two years, especially when I was in Florida. The best way for you to control the narrative is for you to control the narrative, for you to be the person that puts all this other stuff in letter instead of other people being able to say whatever they want to say. And now you're having to retaliate retaliate, or debunk whatever they said when you should have just been able to do it yourself. All right, man, let's get to our guest. That was very informative. Um, I think I might make something. It's too much to make it a short, but I might just make something and do it like a compilation of all of the little clips. That's what I've done it on TikTok, but you know, mm-hmm. TikTok automatically shortened them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But each one is probably like eight seconds, but I probably got about five of them. Okay. Just, just do like behind the scenes. I might shoot something at the desk here and like, hey man, da, 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 thank you, da, da. Just throw that thing up. I know some people be interested in seeing how that thing went down. I think I got a shot of the chicken feathers. So, all right, but enough about him. Let's talk Based about on him. how many people have watched this full three-hour interview of him, yes, put the shit up. <laughs> they they are starving for church. Yes. yes, and me seeing, me watching, like putting it on TikTok and Facebook. It let me throw it on the channel. Monetize or not, it might get us a couple more subs. So, right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are here because we have a special guest. And like I said, we bring out some of these exclusive artist interviews. A lot of these artists probably their first. I hope not. I mean, they've been doing it a minute. They should not. You well, know, some, never, of the, some of them. We've never some asked them. that question. We've never asked any artist that question. I, t- I probably never will. It might okay. be embarrassing because the artist might be like, you should know this ain't my fur, bubble. This ain't my fur, bubble. But, you know, who wants to say this is my first interview and I got 13 hours? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a very, very special guest in the building. And this is a guy me and Spank both rave about. This guy was nominated. What was he, what category was he nominated for? Um well, Spitter. I think we was calling it that at the time, but it was it's definitely the um it's going to be the lyricist of the year at the end of the next award show. Okay, lyricist. It'll be that. All right, so this guy is definitely one of the guys that we consider a beast on the mic. And his he goes by the name of Simple Man. And Simple Man, can we get you to lift that guy around? What the hell's going on with this? All right, you right, boom, boom, boom. That is that. First of all, Simple Man, that room looks so psychedelic. I love purple. Yeah, I'm on some crazy shit. I love purple too, man. Purple's like uh, I think purple's an underrated color. Listen, when I was a kid, when I was young. They used to call me long, 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 long time ago. (laughs) They used to call me Purple Blind. That was my that was my nickname, Purple Blind. What was that? Well, why was it blind though? What was that? Blind, blind. Oh, blind. blind. Oh, okay. Oh, because for some reason people thought this guy who read books in class and walked around and drove a car, they thought I was blind. I've had people ask me like, "Can you see?" Yeah, mm-hmm. enough to punch you in your face. Get closer. 
Hey, I really feel like, though, out of childhood nickname, that's not a bad one, though. I think you got off pretty easy with Purple Blind. That could have been a lot worse, you know what I'm saying? But the reason, guess why the purple was? I was so infatuated with Prince, right? I love Prince. Oh, yeah. That um, when I got, my mama said, when you get older, I'm going to let you get some of them glasses with the tint. Mm-hmm. That was like, a, um, you know, when when I, I'm a, I'm an older guy, so we had got things in phases, not like these kids of the day who get a cell phone at five. So she was like, when you get 12, 13, I don't remember the age, I'm going to let you get the glasses with the tint. So I couldn't wait. I could not wait to be walking around with shades 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 yeah. days a year. Right. Bumping into shit because you already can't see. Yeah, so but guess what? Which contributed yeah. to worsening my vision later in life. Cause I Ooh. wore them for years, but when she said I can get these glasses, and I went to the um, eye doctor because I don't know his professional name. What is he called? Mm-hmm. Uh, optician, optometrist, optometrist, something like that. Eye doctor. <laughs> I went to the eye doctor. She said, "Pick, <laughs> pick the ones you want." And I thought about, and in all my mind, I was thinking, "Baby, I'm a star." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You thought you was Prince. I got the purple tint. Uh-huh. I got the purple tint. I walked around for about eight years because we. She probably couldn't afford to buy me no more glasses for eight years. She probably paid uh-huh. them off in eight years with this purple tint, and they call me Purple Blind. Purple Blind. And if you I walk up will. to me and call me Purple Blind now, I will probably not speak to you. I, I don't think- feel like that was that creative. They could have come up with something better than that. Like, that's just like an obvious thing. You got purple shades. You can't see. You will call him Purple Blind. You should have called them a terrible nickname creators or something. That would have been about a good response for that. Well, kind of like my cousin. His nickname is Stanky Man. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, he might he might got that honest, too. Then, huh? <laughs> Stanky Man. Stanky he- Man and Purple Blind. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a superhero team right there. Well, you know what? If I was a superhero, if I was a superhero, you know what my superpower would be? Not Cyclops, because you're blind, so I don't know what. I would have the ability to, when I see you fight crime, when you're doing something, right? Like, mm-hmm. say say someone is coming to steal Simple Man's rhyme book. Uh-oh, yeah. Right. We got to mm-hmm. stop that. So, yeah. I'm a, and I see him. I'm like, stop. And then I'm going to do my, because to have a superpower, you got to have a superpower move to activate it. I'm like, What's your stop. Move? I'm going to be like, but, but I do my movie, right? Stuff. Guess what my superpower would be? I'm scared to ask, bro. What in the world? It's going, I have the ability to make anyone at any given time poop themselves. There you go. That's not bad. I'm with you on that. That's not bad. That's a good one. It's not, I don't think it's going to like benefit your life too much, though. That's not going to like. Uh, okay. No, think about it. Think about life. Right. Have you ever been about to do something and then it hit you like, ooh? Yeah. Ooh. Earlier today, yeah, I ate too much of the shrimp festival. I had to come back. I had to really get on it right here to get to the house in time. It was a situation. So, yeah, I got you probably, you might have did that to me earlier then. You probably so, rubbed your tummy and I had to get home. It was about, to be, like, it was about like, to be a situation. That's what it was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's going to be a, some, a, some shit is going down. He grabbed that. He going to grab that rhyme book. He's like, oh, oh, oh. How did we get on this? How did we get here? Huh? Simple man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I saw a 
saw a story you posted earlier where you was painting today, it looked like. So you might have got some fumes up in there, Vic. You oh, might have got oh, some oh, fumes. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Here's a yeah. song you need to listen to today. Yeah. yeah. Some A lot of people ask me, like, were you a, a chemical, a chemical, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever? Yeah. yeah I, you was in there getting all jacked up. I was, I was stealing things to sell on the black market. <laughs> Useless items. No, I'm just joking. Let me shut up. My job watches this show and they'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah, you better watch out, man. What? You still yeah. it, boy? <laughs> no, y'all only steal from 46. No, I'm just Purple I'm still blind. I'm still Purple blind. I ain't gonna never hear that song the same again. Every time I hear that, I'm gonna think about Vic rubbing his stomach and people shitting themselves now. All right, Simple Man, welcome. Welcome to the Country Rat Report, sir. Thanks for having me, man. And, uh, Real quick, first off, uh, thank both of y'all, man. It's a great service y'all provide. I appreciate y'all taking the time to do all this. I don't know if a lot of artists that you guys, you know, talk about and promote realize that uh, it's it's tough to find people that go out of their way to do the stuff y'all do, man. And it's free promotion, free publicity. And um, I know, speaking for myself, I greatly appreciate the shit. And um you know, more people should should be giving y'all the credit y'all deserve for doing this, man, because, you know, it ain't like uh, you got to. You know, it ain't like somebody's coming over cutting you a check every week for doing it. So it's just the love, man, and I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I know a bunch of the people I'm affiliated with appreciate it, too. So uh, thank y'all. Appreciate Bro, that. Appreciate uh, that felt so good to hear. I won't be much more powers on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't rub your stomach, man. I ain't got a bathroom nearby. Let's start from the top. <laughs> hold right. on. Hold on. Let's see what Spank putting on. Oh, he putting on nothing. I'm just saying he got the same, we got the same hat. Like, like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. <laughs> hey, I got it uh towards the end of this too. I, I don't know how long we're gonna be on, but towards the end of this too, uh Spank, I got a surprise for you too. So um no, let no. you know. I, I picked up on something throughout a couple of the episodes. I, I'll let you know in a little bit. All right, cool, cool, cool. Where yeah. we're gonna take it to the top. Where is Simple Man from? Blackshear, Georgia, man. The place where they have Lackfest every year in South Georgia. It's about Spanks and Macon. I think we're about three and a half hours from Macon. It's uh, right in the bottom middle. Actually, here I can say it like this: Where Georgia's walk-on quarterback uh, Stetson Bennett is from, the one who just won the, the Natty. He's from Blackshear. Pierce County, that's my hometown, small town. Uh, you know, just a little small town America, man. Uh, it's it's about an hour north from where I'm at now. I live in Camden County, right on the Georgia-Florida line. So uh, I've been down here about 15 years, but born and raised in Blackshear. Um, did y'all have a parade for Stetson Bennett in Blackshear? Did they have a parade? They did, man. I couldn't make it. I think I had to work. Or I was gone somewhere. They had one um, the Sunday – when he came back, they had like a week, and then they had one on a Sunday, and they had a, a parade for him or something, man. Uh, really proud of that guy, man. I tell you what, bro, Georgia fans are some spoiled mother shut your mouths already. Like, bro, it's been 40 years to see this happen, and I've heard more people talk trash about Stetson Bennett ain't no real quarterback, and Georgia ain't have a quarterback. Man, I don't care, bro. I don't care about none of that. This kid – uh, walked on and came back to one of the biggest schools in the nation, you know, and 
whether he threw for a thousand yards every game or whatever, he managed the game well enough to bring home a natty. Quit hating, man. Who cares? Talk about something else. Shit. I agree with you because whoever they call great quarterbacks from UGA, they don't have a, a, a natty. No. They no. don't have what he has. So to me, I care about the end result. So right. if you can bring me the natty, I don't care if you throw one pass a game. <laughs> Man, I don't care what you do. Get that, get that title back here, bro. He did it. I mean, he had some sketchy times in that game. You know, he fumbled that one time, and then they made a terrible call on that incomplete pass fumble. I mean, we was I was at the game. Um, I got fortunate enough, me and one of my uh, boys I grew up with, uh, I ended up hitting up Dusty Lee last minute and like, hey, man, are you buying tickets to the game? And he was like, sent me a link he was like come up here right now let's go to it so uh drove up there on the way he was like uh man Bubba Sparks is coming with us I was like man that's super dope man because that guy's like a legend to me I've met Bubba once or twice before but we rode to the game together sat up uh 14 rows on the Alabama side Watched the confetti come down. Watched the game nice. bro it was a great it was a great memory dude I took a chance spent some money on the ticket me and my boy just drove 10 and a half hours up there, 10 and a half back. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a long trip. It was kind of grueling of, of a drive and shit. A lot of traffic was out going, but it was dope, man. Lucas Oil Stadium is a badass stadium in Indy, bro. It was like, it was nine degrees outside. So I'm wearing like layers and shit up there. <laughs> and we get inside, it's 85 degrees in the stadium. So I'm like, God, I got all this shit on and sweating, but, uh, Man, it was fantastic, bro. We were sitting uh, right there. Right there with Keely Ringo picked that thing off at the end, man. I, I watched him do it when uh, when he took the interception back. Man, it was just – you can't describe it, bro. It was just unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime deal, man. And, and it was even better to, to be there with the people I was with, bro. So it was you, Dusty Lee, and Bubba Sparks? Me, Dusty Lee, Bubba Sparks, and a guy I grew up with named Trey Walker. He uh, rode with us – rode with me up there. Because, see, I wasn't going to make the trip, man, because I wasn't going to drive that by myself. So when Dusty sent me the link to the tickets, he was like, man, get up here, and I'll drive us to the game. You can stay with me at the house or whatever. And I was like, man, I don't think I'm going by myself. So I called my boy fully anticipating him to say, no, we ain't doing this. You know what I mean? It was, it was like, it was like a, a Saturday, and the game was Monday. So we'd have had, we had to leave out like the next morning. Right. So I called him and told him the situation. He was like, let's go. Like, man, I did not really want you to say that, <laughs> but, but let's do it, man. So it, I'm so glad I did now, man. And uh, I got to give my wife credit, too, because she when I told her, I was like, do you want to go? And she was like, we can't go. You, I got to keep the kids. She was like, you go. And I was like, I ain't, I ain't going to do all that. She was like, just go. So, you know what I mean? It, it worked out, man. It was great. That's dope. Did y'all do it? Y'all should have done a collab while you were there. <clears throat> Shit, I'd like to, man. I'm um, I, I got I'm talking uh, I don't want to divulge too much information, but I've sent I've I've been uh, in touch with with Bubba since then, man. And maybe uh, we might have something in the future. I hope so. I got I sent him something not too long ago. So, you know, I'm trying to reach out to as many people as possible right now, trying to expand. So. Uh, Bubba's a legend, bro. Bubba's a legend. So it will be great to have Bubba on the track. I don't think Bubba gets the due he deserves anymore right now because 
You know, he helped definitely, he drove the fucking road grader to pave the way for this lane. You know what I mean? Like, agreed. That, yeah, they wasn't uh, a lot of this shit wasn't, wouldn't be cool without Bubba have kicking in the door, you know? Especially from the, the main core hip hop side. Like, he doesn't, he gets a little limelight over there, but he, like you said, he is one of the founding fathers. Like, he, he does need to have his flowers now. You know. Yeah, no doubt, bro. He did a, he did a track with Jada Kiss. I mean, when he did that track with Jada, I was like, this shit is fire, man. It's a Georgia MC killing some shit with Jada right now. True. No doubt. Yeah. All right, so look, let's get into when, because being from Blackshear, the average person wouldn't think a person from Blackshear could, number one, rhyme as well as you, but Rhyme in general. Like, when did you realize, number one, that you wanted to pursue music as a career? And when did you start writing to even be as dope as you are? Uh, man, I've been writing a long time, bro. I was really a I was really big Tupac fan, and Tupac was a poet, and I've always wrote poetry. I, this is going to sound crazy, man, but I remember when I was little, like Dr. Seuss and stuff, when I was in, like, first, second, and third grade, I remember we would get these rhyming worksheets, and I used to love, I mean, we would like write the rhymes out and I just ripped through it. And I loved it. It was, it always just made sense to me. And uh, I remember looking around at the other kids like, wait a minute, Fox don't rhyme with cat. You need to change that. It's, you know what I mean? And I just always like, I always like rhyming. And uh, even like after that, I just felt like when I was little, I remember watching uh, the first rappers I ever saw was Beastie Boys fight for your right to party when I was little. And uh, I thought that was crazy. Then I got into Snoop Dogg and all this other stuff. And it just built, man. I just always love rhyming. I like writing poetry and, and stuff in school. And I was writing some crazy stuff too, man. I remember like uh, my sophomore year, I wrote a poem about it just crazy shit. Like kids that were being born into the last days of the world and how it's unfair that they don't get to live their life like other generations have. Just crazy. I've always been outside of the box thinker and always like writing rhymes. And uh, so I don't know, man. Hip hop's always been big for me, man. I love bro. I always used to look at it like if you take a country or a rock song, you put it on a sheet of paper, a, a whole rock song might be this long. If you look at Pox like Dear Mama or something, that's going to take up like three pages. This dude had to write like two full pages of rhymes. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's more, I ain't gonna say substance, but it's, it's more rhyming to it. it. It just, uh, I was just drawn to it, man. I don't know. So when did the rhymes, the poems turn into raps? Uh, <laughs> the first rap I ever wrote was in the D.A.R.E. program in sixth grade, bro. I wrote a uh, drug-free uh, rap. I still remember the hook of that shit. It was like, yo, that's me. Cause real life is drug free. It was like some old, old. Uh, that was the first time I ever wrote a rap, man. And then like, we used to like do all the talent shows and you know Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer and shit. And I've just always, uh, I've always wrote, always uh, rhymed. Um, when I graduated school, I ended up going to Georgia Southern. I graduated with like a, a B average which, you know, high school was like, I don't want to say a joke, but, you know, it's like wasn't hard. I, I didn't mind school because I played sports and hung out with all my friends and stuff. So it wasn't like tough to to do good grade, make good grades and everything. It was kind of like uh, 
you know, just I don't want to sound like I'm bragging on myself, but school wasn't really that hard, like high school and all that. So when I got done, my cousin that went to Georgia Southern, my father was like, hey, if your cousin goes there, you need to go there, too. So sent me up to Statesboro, Georgia. And uh, from there, like I met this kid that was <laughs> not the type of person that you really want to hang around, I guess, like as a mature adult. But he was like. 27 years old had been, uh, you know, have been like in and out of different bad situations, group homes, jail and shit. And he rapped. And so me and him started rapping and uh, going and rocking every open mic we had, every little thing, every day. He used to have a karaoke thing at Statesboro at Buffalo's. Uh, it was like, it's like a Buffalo. It's not like a Wild Wings Buffalo's, but it's like a Buffalo's bar. We would go in there on karaoke night and everybody go, man, what y'all doing tonight? What are y'all doing tonight? We always do like some new shit, like, you know, some uh, Mos Def and Feral Mod, something that ain't on the regular karaoke thing, you know, and people would always like that shit. We got to open up for a couple acts, uh, Field Mob, T.I., Ludacris, some of them back then. We had a little, there was a whole little camp of us. So that's kind of what sparked me doing that. Now, I, I can go into all this shit if you want to and tell no, you that, where it all went from there. Keep going. Keep going. That, that, yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm you, you, I decided to sit back because it's rolling. Okay. I do have a question before you get into it. Go ahead. I know you, the gentleman that was that you met while you were attending Georgia Southern. Uh-huh. Was he in school or is it somebody nah. you met? Hey, no, nah, he wasn't in school. He was in, he was in the community. <laughs> How'd you meet him? Man, oh, at Buffalo's, actually. At okay. Buffalo's, the, one of the first nights. I went out, I just had a three-song demo, man, that I had cut. I thought you were about to say I just had a threesome. <laughs> no, hell no. That <laughs> sounded like what you was leading up to. Go ahead. Hell no. I ain't blind purple. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> no. I had just uh, actually got a pressed-up three-song demo that I, I cut in uh, Douglas, Douglas, uh, Coffee County, Georgia, which is over there on, on y'all's side, on the west side of Georgia. And uh, um, I, I met him, and he was talking about some rap shit or something. And I went out and played him that, and he rapped me like a 48-bar thing he had, and I thought it was the most gangster cool shit I ever heard. I was like, damn, this dude's snapping, man. And he had all these tats and shit, and I was like, this dude's like certified, bro. This is what I need. This is what I need to be working with right here. Let's go. So, uh, Man, uh, we started doing talent shows around there and things like that and getting on the uh, – man, back then, if, if it was a microphone, man, I was getting on it somehow or another. If it was a DJ in the club, either me or my homeboys was getting me on it, and I was up there freestyling. Some of it went great. Some of it went bad. But, you know, I was still up there doing it. And uh, we basically – they had a talent search where some labels came down from Atlanta. We end up peaking one of their interests. They took us up there. We had two managers back then. They took us up there. We went to uh, Redline or Red Zone Entertainment. It was Yin Yang and them's label, right? Uh, Yin Yang was on College Park, but they definitely done stuff with, with Redline. Redline. Okay, so we went to Redline, and we went in there. And this other dude could sing and shit, too. And so he sang. And I rapped, and we got done. It was like five or six different acts in there at one time. And uh, when we got done, we was leaving. They told the managers, they was like, 
yeah, the singer, we might do a project with him, but the rapper sounds like he's got like a 1980s flow. So that pissed me off because the song was not, was the type of song. It was like a fucking, it was like a R&B, like a laid back song. So of course my verse was in the pocket like that. I wasn't trying, that ain't all I could do. But that, anyway, long story, <laughs> I still got a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, I see. Shit. But uh, I they, probably ain't, shit. they probably ain't doing nothing now. Probably not, man. I don't know. I ain't heard nothing from, but I don't know. But I don't even remember who the A&Rs were. I know our managers. So uh, we ended up getting, uh, I don't think we signed with them. I was on the phone with Dallas Austin back then, too. We had talked to Dallas Austin on the phone. Bro, I was 19 years old rapping for Dallas Austin, man. All these stars in my eyes felt like I was going to make it. And then we ended up back in Statesboro. I can't remember. My, it's been a while back, man. So. We ended up getting involved with another label with two other managers we had. They took us up to Atlanta, took us in Magic Johnson's personal studio he had in Atlanta up there. He had gold and purple shit all over. You know what I'm talking about, Big? I remember Magic Johnson launched a record label. He only yeah. put out one successful artist, which was Yvonne. Okay. And, um, he, he had um, Hidden Beach. Uh, he had Hidden Beach and Avant. Hidden Beach okay. was first, and then Avant. Um, it was around the time he was opening all the theaters. Uh, yeah, I definitely remember the label. Yeah. He had office in and out, definitely. The studio was dope. It was the best studio I had ever been in. You know what I mean? I hadn't been in many at that point. And they had, like, an island console in the middle of it, all these big, like, Dr. Dre-looking fader boards. You know, I'd only seen that shit on, like, music videos, so I was like, Holy shit, I'm in Magic Johnson studio. And then I rapped for the dude, and the dude, the engineer that was in there was completely blown away. And he was like, man, these guys are going to do it. He's like, I want to work with them like now. So we was like, okay, cool. Well, then that label kind of promised us we'd do that. We packed everything up in a U-Haul, drove up to Atlanta. After like a month and a half, we sleeping on air mattresses in the basement of the dude's house that's the CEO of this label, which he did still have legit connects. One of the A&Rs that worked with it was with fresh off of working at Slip and Slide Records with Trick Daddy. Another one was from Brooklyn and worked with Violator Records and shit. They was, you know what I mean? So they was established legit. They was kind of ahead of the curve with the independent game. You know what I mean? Not. There was still people like, you know, No Limit and all that that had made it independently. But, you know, this is right when the independent thing was people was figuring out that's the way to go. So long story short, man, uh, we ended up jumping ship from that label to another label that was uh, affiliated with Jazzy Faye and uh, – Went up there and had a uh, bone crusher. Uh, they was in one of the, the CEO was in the bone crusher video, and we cut uh cut some shit with them. And um, man, it just slowly you just slowly quit being people's priority and things. And uh, I don't think they really knew what to do with us back then because they was trying to Lincoln Park was hot. They was trying to get us to do rock rap. Then we was doing country rap too, and we was doing rap rap straight hip-hop rap so they didn't know what the fuck they wanted to do with us and what we wanted to where they wanted to push us and all this so they slowly phased us into the back burner and uh man i just ended up 
leaving from up there, moving back to Statesboro, working in the, in the studio I was in. Um, me and the good guy I was still working with. No, actually at that time we had left. We had, we had parted ways. I was still staying in the studio and working. And, uh, bro, that's when, damn, I'm, I know I was going to get all this jumbled up because it's all been so many years. But when we first got signed up there, this is some crazy uh, country, uh, country, hip, country rap shit. The lax was just trying to make it and cutting their first demos and stuff. They drove up to Atlanta to meet me and my boy and asked us, you know, like, what do they need to do to make it? And yeah, bro. It was like before they even started shopping their stuff. Like I've known Clay and Brian for over 20 plus years now. They actually cut their first album at the studio in Statesboro that I recorded at, that we recorded. I actually lived at that shit for a little while, (laughs) but, um, I couldn't really tell him back then, like, I couldn't really have a private conversation because this dude I was with, he was just all over the place with it. And uh, I wanted to tell him, like, what, don't go the route I went because I'm really not in a good spot right now. You know what I mean? The labels wasn't fucking with us. We was just, I didn't have no car, no way to get nowhere. We was just making money however we could. And it was just, it was not really a good spot to be in. So I just didn't, I didn't want to discourage them. But I wanted to be real with them and kind of like hint, hint, like maybe you don't need to mess with the people I'm working with. You know, good luck doing your own thing. But uh, they ended up finding their own way with average Joes and all that. Um, what was the gentleman name you were working with? <laughs> this is rap. I'm just going. It's I'm rap. Gonna, yeah, it's rap now. You ain't got to give his government. Uh, rap name was Flight. Flight. Did y'all, were y'all, so were y'all, did y'all have a group name or was this flight? We had a group name. We had a group called Carbon back then. C-A-R-B-E-N, Carbon. And uh, what, we, what, uh, what the I, hell did that mean? I don't even remember that. It, name, was, man. it was both, that, it was, it was both of our parts of our names combined. Okay. And uh, so there you go with that. But I mean, like. Uh, both of y'all's government I, names? Yeah, I still wish him the best and all that, man. I just ain't seen him in years. It's probably been 15 fucking years since I've seen or heard from him. So He's probably not rapping because he's probably about 50 now. Yeah, probably so, yeah. But uh, anyway, man. Vic, I'm going to need you to ask him the uh, the T.I. question that we normally ask folks. I want to see what his perspective is. Oh, I'll definitely ask it at the end. For sure. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. Um. Now, I'm going to say this. In all the interviews we've done, you actually have the more, and I mean, I hate saying hip-hop side of things, but you have the more hip-hop, it seemed based um, training, or I don't even know what word to use, but the fact that you were working on that side, in and out of studios, messing with his ex, I don't think we've interviewed anyone right now who's rap for anyone as prestigious as a Dallas Austin or even sat down attempting to get a deal with a label. So at what point did you, first of all, were you simple man then? Yeah, I went, I went by simple, just straight simple back then. So um, before I go further, sim- what does that even mean? Simple man, simple. Cause man, you don't I really rhyme just took- simple. 
I just took that man. All right. When it first started, when I first came up with my rap, now I'm even embarrassed to say this shit, but everybody had like a gimmick and like a little kind of, I guess I want to say kind of cheesy rap name back in the day. Like, like honestly, if Buster Rhymes wasn't dope as fuck and you met somebody that was named Buster Rhymes, you'd probably be like, all right, motherfucker, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, I so, actually thought that when I heard his name was Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. But now when you know that name, you know who that is. So when I started out, I was like, I'm going to call myself you ready for this? Yeah. Simple Simon. What a retard. <laughs> so I was gonna call, I was gonna spell Simon C-Y-M-A-N. It's still some, it's still some friends of mine from my hometown that'll see me and be like, what's up, simple Simon? I'm like, man, don't even don't say that shit. I think that shit lasted all of like maybe two years, but uh I ended up dropping that off and just going with simple. And then later on in life, I felt like Simple Man was more of who I am. And uh, it's more of like, uh, you know, the Leonard Skinner song kind of describes how I feel about life. And, you know, when you're from the South and these small towns, it's kind of like a simple way of life. So that kind of more defines me now, I feel like. Right now, did these studio experiences, these experiences from recording records, trying to make it with this guy, did you finish school? Did you get an opportunity to finish college? No, nah, man, I did like maybe a year's worth of real school. And I, don't know. I was in class writing rhymes and all that. But this, this is some crazy shit, too, that went on around that time. When I ended up going back to Statesboro, I, I don't remember the time frame with all this, but we was out still shopping demos and shit, taking albums to shows. And we ended up meeting. We had known him, but Danny Boone of Rehab ended up uh, – uh, I was working by myself. This actually, I'm sorry, this is when I moved back to Camden for, to get a job and shit. I ended up getting a hold of Danny and being like, hey, man, uh, I see you still doing music. I love to come cut something with you. So I was driving to Warner Robins and I recorded probably 10 or 12 tracks with Danny that we never released. We put one out, but they never got finished. But him and De when Demon Jones was in rehab, they went on the road together in 2012 with Ritz and uh, I caught up with them on the road in Orlando and uh, Danny was nice enough to be like, Hey man, if you want to come to some of these shows, I'll put on this beat and you can get on stage with us and we'll do a track. We just threw together a track. So I drove from fucking from Florida all the way up to like Maryland hitting like seven or eight shows with them and getting on stage just to do one verse, you know what I mean? Just to do a 16-bar verse. And that's back when uh, that was also kind of an eye-opening thing for me, too, because I got to uh, hang out with and see how Demon kind of operated the more of the uh, more of the uh, business side and how he's uh, out there getting it, man, and meeting the club owners and shaking hands and, and selling all the merch and, and making deals with people on the merch and all that, like uh, – keeping it all in line. That was like one of the first times I went on a tour tour and uh, got to really kind of see that. I mean, I, I wasn't really like part of the show or nothing, but it was nice enough to let me get up there and rap, man. And uh, I got to, I got to perform at Athens up there with them at the Georgia theater. And that shit was, that shit was like a dream come true, man. So that was part of the, part of the journey along the way too. And um, 
just been crazy, man. It's been a lot of different shit that led me to where I'm at. Like the guys who we went up, we went up, I went up to Atlanta to one of Ritz's videos. It's uh walking on air. If you if you look up Ritz's walking on air video, I'm, I'm very familiar with that song. All right, you if you look on the video, you'll see me in the background. Actually, there's a line of us standing there one time. I'm on the left side of it, me scram and and jabs. They was a uh, animal house back then. We was all up there at the video shooting all that. So the guys who shot his video was like really bubbling in the Atlanta scene at that time. I can't remember the name. Signal Point. Damn, that just came to me. Signal Point was their names. And uh, so I came back to Camden. I'm like, man, I got to hit the drawing boards once again, figure out what I'm going to do. The rehab tour is over. Ritz is doing his own thing and blowing up. I, I don't know if he was with Strange yet, but he was on his way. And a lot of these dudes, man, when they got momentum going, bro, they're not going to stop and, like, grab you and be like, hey, let's work on a product. And I, I mean, I'm not – I got no hate on my heart for nobody that's out there getting it on their own, man, because I know how hard it is. So I was like, man, they're, they're, they're on their way. I got to figure out what's next for me. So I ended up finding on Reverb Nation this group called Lit Comp who had worked with Signal Point was shooting their videos. So I'm like, well, who the hell is this? I started playing this shit. I was like, man, their production is phenomenal. And it was. For them to be like independent underground artists, their production was fire. So I was like, let me get a hold of these dudes and see if I can start working with whoever's producing them. Well, that person happened to be West Nile. West Nile, who's down there now working with Mako all the time. I'm telling you, man, West is behind probably some more tracks, more of the bigger tracks in country rap than people realize. I don't think Wes gets enough of his due. Like, I don't think people know how much work he's put into this shit, and he's fire all the way through, bro. He's uh, he's one of the most talented dudes I've ever worked with. Anyway, me, Wes, and this dude named Phil form a group, Psycho Billy Cadillac, dropped a project. I, I seen that. I saw that. Bro, we started getting some momentum with that. I booked us at a uh, at the May the music Gulfport Music Fest in Mississippi with Kid Rock, Sublime, all these people. I, I got us on that show talking to the promoters and shit. So we went out there and, and totally destroyed this this show. But we was getting some momentum. But the other dude in the group uh, was kind of flaky about it. So Wes ends up hitting up Ryan hard target like hey man you got to meet this dude I need to get y'all together so we drove down there me and Ryan just uh inst we started working on the track instantly I think he had a track that was like like 18 or like 24 bar verses on it and I was like damn man this is hard I want to get on it he was like go ahead and write a verse like shit that's a lot of damn that's a lot of bars to be writing real quick but we wrote it uh uh wrote it out and got it done, man. And it was, it was a hype ass song. And, uh, so we just started working from that point on. Ryan came and, and I think he shot a video, a video for a uh, psycho Billy Cadillac too. And, uh, that's kind of where it's at now. Me, Ryan and Wes, uh, hit the road under the name hard target for a little while. Cause Ryan already had the socials out there. So social media was such a big, you know, the shit's done changed now, bro. It ain't fucking hand-to-hand, word-of-mouth. Just get that shit online and see how many views you get. I I got to ask Spank this question. All right, Spank, out of all the people we've interviewed, 
Mm-hmm. You got to say, my man, when it comes to country rap, and people rarely use the word grind in country rap, but Simple Man definitely has the grind more so than any artist we've talked to at this point, or maybe they just didn't tell us, because your grind has been insane as far when it comes to pursuing the, the craft and the career. It's a blessing and a curse, man. It's like every time I try, I stopped music one I'm time. I'm like, I wanted to stop. I stopped for like a year and a half for two years right in the middle of this shit from like 06 to 08 or maybe it was 07 to 09, somewhere in there. And uh, I went back to it, man. There was there was some crazy shit that went on, man. I went back to it and uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't stop, man. I can't stop making music. I don't care if I make a dime off of it. I can't stop making it. I'm going to write. I'm going to rap. I'm going to try to come up with the most creative, different shit that anybody's ever heard. And you know what I mean? If it, if it makes me some money along the way, so be it. If five people like it, then good. I get messages from people telling me that their songs help. My songs help them through tough times like that cloud song i've had a lot of people reach out about that how they're going through things with relatives and that's really way bigger than music to me so you know if my my grind and me trying to get it for this long time amounted to it helping somebody do some shit then that's all worth it all right let me moonwalk backwards a little bit how did your parents who sent their child off to georgia southern college (laughs) to pursue a degree feel about their child pursuing rap. Probably the same way you think they did, Dick. <laughs> man, you know what? It's kind of come full circle now, though, man, because my uh, father will hit me up now. I'm out here cutting grass, playing Racket County. I'm out here doing this, and I'm listening to this song and all this, and uh it's kind of come full circle, but I'd be lying if I told you it was all smooth and, you know, rainbows and fucking Skittles and shit. All right, now you mentioned Racket <laughs> County, and I think Spank might have a couple of things he want to address when it comes I mean, to Racket uh, County. Hard, hard Target brought it up, but I'm, I'm just still, I don't understand that whole project. Like, watch y'all do it. How did Racket County we, come together? Racket County came together, uh, let me see. Okay, here's really how it started. Clay and them were having a Christmas party one year in Blackshear. And I was here in Camden and I hadn't spoke to them in really years, but I had Clay's number, but I was trying to do, get my own thing going. They were doing their touring and all that. So I saw that they had a Christmas party and I hit Clay and sent Clay a text like, bro, y'all in Blackshear? Yeah, man, come through. So I told, uh, I told my buddies, I was like, man, he texts and said, come through, but I don't really, I don't really know if he means that, I man. I ain't seen him in years. I don't want to just seem like I'm trying to leech on. You know what I mean? I worry about that shit too much. Like, I don't want to just jump over there like, hey, man, I'm still rapping. But he was like, uh, just come through. So uh, I drove over there anyway. And I played him. It happened to be around the time me and Target and Wes had just started working together. And, man, we had some fire tracks. We, was, we had that moonshine, get out my yard, a couple more of them. That was It was like some shit that really – wasn't nobody really doing in country rap, man. It was like some uh, some rapping shit, some in-your-face shit that was – I mean, I felt like it was undeniable at the time for what, for what a genre was. You know what I'm saying? You can't hear this – couldn't hear this and be like – and be like, uh, uh, I don't really care for this. Unless you didn't like – unless you wasn't like a rap fan, then you might say, 
you know, I like, I don't like this in my, I like my country rap this way. But anyway, we played it for Clay and Clay was like, man, y'all got some good shit, man. I want to be in, get in touch with you. And we ended up putting one of our tracks, Free Birds, on the Mud Digger 3, 4, or 5, whichever fucking one uh, album. And Clay and Brian got on there. And uh, from there, they just enjoyed. They took us on the road. We opened up for them. But uh, before that, that, that was how the process went. They just enjoyed making music with us so much. They uh, We wanted to do a project together. And we wanted to call it, uh, so we didn't want to call it Lax. We didn't want to call it Just Hard Target. We wanted to call it something different because uh, Clay and Brian, they, they're rappers too, man. They got, like, everybody's like, they rap about trucks and all that. Yeah, they rap about trucks and all that because that shit keep the lights on, man. They can write some shit. Brian and Clay can write some shit. I've heard them all. I've known them for years. They ain't start out doing this club, this uh, shit. They got songs with Pastor Troy and all that shit. Like, back then, yeah, bro, dig up some of that old lack stuff. You'd be surprised how some of that shit sounds. It ain't just uh, kicking up mud. Not that nothing's wrong with that. Everything's fine with, with the way they do what they do, but they're more versatile than people give them credit for. But anyway, uh, there. I'm a, I'm a talker, man. So that's how Racket County kind of came about. So is it not something that you guys want to do seriously going forward? Or I'd like to like... continue to do some of the projects. I mean, we've still, like Ryan said on the, his interview, we still got a couple tracks uh, in the tank still that we could do something with. I, I think I still got a couple of them that I really like that we ain't put out yet. So I, I'm uh, still waiting on the tour. Like a record county tour makes sense. You could do record county music and then y'all can do your individual pieces. Well, you know, we did do the original. I don't know. Uh, it's been years ago. I can't, if it was 2017, we did do the Racket County tour. Well, that was, that was before we jumped in the jump. So right. That was, yeah. But I, that, I think tour, that tour was insane, bro. That tour was crazy. Mm -hmm. We was, it was high energy. It was wild shit. We was, uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, me and Ryan was stage diving, uh, ridiculously stage diving, just to the point to where the lax manager was like, I think y'all going to hurt somebody and we're going to get lawsuits. So don't stage dive anymore. So, uh, well, I think now the genre needs record count. Like they need to see the camaraderie between all of y'all, uh, yeah. no beef on stage and making great music. I think, I think that is a necessity right now. If not, then somebody's going to create a, Racket County type, uh, where they bring in different yeah. groups or different solo acts and put together a tour around it. But I, I'm I thought Racket County was the best shit ever when I first heard it. I appreciate that, man. I think uh, I enjoyed making it, man. I think uh, if if they're down to work, if any of them guys want to get together and work, we'll always work. We're, we're all homeboys, so it's fine. They know if they want me on anything, all they got to do is say the word, you know. Well, truth be told, that was probably the first time. I experienced Hard Target, West Nile, and you. Mm -hmm. I'd already heard of the Lax, but when I saw the 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 Racket County stuff, I'm like, damn, who's who's buddy? I was like, oh, who's this right. dude? Like, you know, like, yeah. damn, like, with you no, know, it's a good way to introduce yourself to the genre, you know, by doing seeing something. that that right there, Spank. What you just said, I think, is the number one flaw I've had in my career since this uh social media YouTube shit has went crazy, bro. Because uh. Growing up, if a rapper was dope in the 90s or whatever, if he was featured on somebody's project, 
I would go do the research to find out who that guy is. I think a lot of us did. And then go try to find his catalog and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I've kind of operated under the, under the assumption that no matter who I'm with or what I'm labeled as for these years, if I keep snapping on shit, people's going to end up finding me and backtracking through and figuring this out. That ain't the way it works no more, man. It's the digital age. If they like this song, they're going to add it to a playlist and that's going to be it. They're not fixing to look for you. They're not fixing to find you. They might even be singing your shit and not even realize it, you know? That's true. So that's true. I, I fucked. I messed around and didn't worry about labels probably as much as I should have had labels like my own name, get right. my own brand out right. as much as I should have had. So I'm kind of, I got to kind of chill out, man, because I get anxiety about it. Like I try to push so hard that I'm like, I got to make up for lost time now, I feel like. Um, But you know what? I can understand that because like a lot of things I've done in my life, I was like, you know what? If I just put the work in and when this section blows or this section blows, then they'll have to embrace everything going on in it. So I can understand it's 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 almost like a blind sense of loyalty. It's like, yeah. you know, and it's it's nothing on the person you're working with or the people you're working with. No. You just feel no. like shit. Like I, I've done a TV show for years, and I was like, well. You know, I'm trying. I wrote, produced, put it all together, but it was under another company's name. I even hosted it, and I'm like, "Well, shit, they see the TV show, and eventually they're gonna have to see. They're going like, who put this together? And that's not, but it, it doesn't always work that way. Right. And I definitely in 2022, we live in the microwave era. It's yep. what's right now for these X amount of time, and you just gotta build on it. And like, if you if you go to Spotify right now. I think Racket County got like 130,000 monthly listeners. You go look at my shit, I'm at like 18, 19, maybe 20 on a good month or some shit. Mm -hmm. So it look, it appears like, man, nobody fucking with us, dude. Well, yeah, it's 100,000 other people that are, man. I just don't have the shit, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's a very uh, tough pill to swallow when you don't do that correctly. And like, I, I was too, I guess I'm too old school for how, things switch you got to keep you got to keep uh, adapting with what's going on man but uh but not to sound like negative i'm happy where i'm at and i'm definitely happy with the camp and and the guys i'm working with from from the lacks to all the trailer made the, the trailer made people is, is crazy good dudes all of them are really talented and really good and and to have a hard target and breadwin deville in your corner is like having two uh, fucking superheroes on your team, man, because they they both real dope people and uh, and uh, unbelievable artists, both of them. And, uh, and that whole trailer made camp, bro. Uh, I want to want to give everybody real quick: uh, Marcus and Creek, Dirty, uh, Frank, fucking uh, CP, uh, Crowning, Jim Star, all them guys, man. They're all dope to work with brother all good people chief um the sticks all of them man they all they all good dudes man and we've all kind of uh we all trying to push each other elevate each other to the next level you know so have you officially signed with um it's like this where i'm concerned and i want to be careful how I say all this, but it's like this right now. Like, uh, 
Demon Jones and the Lax put out that song Live Right, right? Or uh, Raised Right the other day or not too long ago. Yes. Did y'all see that one? Yes. Like, was that on Raw Records or was that on Dirt Rock? I don't know. I don't Does know. it matter? Look at it. Does it, it matter? Right. Does it matter? Does it matter? It don't matter. And I, right now, my camp knows, we all know where each other's head is. We all know we're building each other up. They know I'm not going to take a step without them the same way. They're not going to take a step without me. We all moving together. So uh, I put out this project I'm doing with Bradwin. It's trailer made. I'm, I'm trailer made to the core. But uh, without getting into all the details, man, I, I we're all kind of free to move how we need to move. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think that's best for everybody. When you when you sign to somebody, it's it's a different kind of thing, man. You start trying to pick apart conversations you're having with them. You know what I mean? What do they mean by this? Uh, are they are they overlooking this shit? And uh, we don't all need that stress. They put in work. We all break the money up. Just like Ryan said on his interview, like. I want everybody to have the same size plate. So we all working together. You know what I mean? We all build together. Oh, and Florida Dolph, too. I forgot to say Dolph's name. Man, I that I think that number one, the camaraderie is dope. And maybe y'all, maybe that started with the Racket County thing. Um, but I think the camaraderie and how y'all going about it is dope. And you just opposed a good question because I don't know if that's on Raw or Dirt Empire. We haven't reviewed the record yet, but I did see it, and I'm not, I didn't even look to see which which label. Well, see, that's what I mean. That record's doing big numbers right now. So, in that sense, does it matter that the lax aren't signed to Demon or the Demon's not signed to the lax? It don't matter. It's a project. Everybody's getting paid off of it. You don't even really, it's almost to the point now where the label is obsolete right now. It don't matter. You could put whatever, Super Soaker Records on there. If you get money, with the people, y'all splitting it up, however, then that's all that matters. I can't, I can't agree with that. I you can't? can't that's, as, a, as a label head, I know <laughs> that uh, owning masters is paramount. You okay, know, I get, get And yeah, that is definitely something that I can use as leverage when somebody comes to the table, when I got to deal with sponsors or maybe a publishing deal or whatever it is. Like I have control and i i think eventually somebody's going to need to have quote-unquote control or at least the right to be able to say yes or no for the project i don't know what that looks for y'all but you know that sounds like a brotherhood more so than a a a business arrangement which i'm not mad at but i i'm a stickler for black and white you know we can be brothers all day all right all right look let me let me just counter that with this this is what i'm saying you asked me if I'm signed, I'm giving you the answer for me. I'm not giving you the answer for everybody involved. Trailer okay. Made is a label. Trailer right. Made is putting a lot of work into a lot of people. I've known Bredman and Ryan for years upon years upon years. We've all been in the trenches working and building together. So uh, we we all, if, if if the time comes for us to sit down and talk about all that stuff, then, then we can when we need to. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I see what you mean. I know what you're saying. Okay. But uh Right now, I still feel like we're trying to get over the hump of getting it into the right. I hate the word algorithm. I'm not even going to say it. Getting it into the right <laughs> stream. Or, you know what I mean? Of the right, right stream or whatever we need to do, man. So, 
Well, I think the whole drum, the whole genre is having that issue, like right now. Like we we're trying to figure out what we're we're still trying to find what the hell country rap is, you know. And yeah. once once that is defined, and I and I think and we're going to have our own episode on that exactly. But I almost steal this question from Vic. What is your definition of country rap? Hey. <laughs> Did you hear him? No, I'm talking. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Oh, I thought no, you said I was saying, "Hey, no, I'm here. gonna steal the question from Vic because he oh, asks it all the time." But I'm asking you, what is, what is your definition of country rap? Because our target said it was the the white, white rapper graveyard. graveyard. White rapper <laughs> graveyard. <laughs> I'm gonna say that too, man. I, you know what? Country rap is what it is, bro. It's like something that I don't think people thought would get to this level and, and now it's here. And I think there's some uh, definitely some respectable dudes that have found a pathway through it, whether they want to be labeled country rappers or not. But, agreed, uh, agreed, totally agree. But it is what it is. What it is really is like uh, uh, it's, it's a sub-genre. I mean, it's a sub-genre of rap. That's what it is. It's like, uh, you know, Got country uh, stories and elements to it, you know. Okay. And, uh, man, I don't know how far you can get into defining it, man. It is what it is. Some people, I mean, people still really hate on it, to be honest. Like, people don't believe it's real music. Like, you go ask some people about country rap, and they're like, that's not a thing, bro. I don't care. It's not a thing. I'm like, it's yeah, it's a, it's a thing, bro. It's made millionaires. It's a thing. Do you, do you, um, sorry about that, Vic. Do you embrace the genre? Do you say that you're a country rapper? Yeah, man, I don't mind country rap. Here's the thing. I think everybody's too worried about the damn shit. Who cares what it's called? Just make good music, man. It ain't got to even, you know, if you make something good enough and it pops, I don't give a damn if they call it disco folk polka music. Just get the shit out there and worry about the labels later. I mean, you know, like, I don't care if they call me a country rapper or whatever they call me. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. Just just keep talking about me, motherfucker. That's what, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't care. Um, My question is, when did you actually embrace the label of country rap? Because I'm sure when you were pursuing it, when you was, you know, sleeping in and out of studios and pursuing with, with your guy, I'm sure you weren't labeled as a country rapper. So when did you ever? Man, we were still back then, though. We was up like in the uh, that's early 2000s. We was up like in Atlanta recording country rap songs. I remember we had an album skit where we was like going to a party in a barn and we was acting like we was, you know, bringing some dudes up with us that was like hip hop fans to a country rap party. And, you know, just funny little shit like that. So it ain't really never not been a part of what I'm doing. I ain't never really strayed from it. I just don't think that it's such, it has to be such a huge uh, debatable topic. I think the bad thing about it, I feel like is when people do call you a country rapper, they want to box you into that. They want to say, you know, well, he's probably rapping about hay bales or, or, you know, kissing his cousin or whatever, you know, and it's like, it ain't just, you know, you can't really just say that, this person can only do this type of rap because he's a country rapper. So I guess that's my whole uh, beef with it. I would say is that like, don't call me a country rapper. If you think I can't rap, cause I'm a regular rapper. 
this is something we have not said yet. And I've said this like three times. The bars, bro. Like, when did you put so much emphasis on the bars? And I think the problem with people in country rap, which people like yourself. You about, you about to say it. You about to say it. Go ahead. I think you about to say what I think. Go ahead. What is people, it? People like yourself and a slew of others. A lot of people, when they say country rap, they expect somebody to rap about drinking beer, a bale of hay, kissing their cousin, which ain't nothing wrong with if she's past third. Hell no. I mean, if she twice removed or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. She got a different last name and y'all didn't know. If, but no. Yeah. But right. a lot of people, they think country rap, they think that's simplicity. Right. There are you and a slew of others who the word simplicity does not even come into mind. Right. But I think that's the negative stigma. When country rap first started, people just thought a person was going to be like, he, ha, he, ha, and but they've never heard of Simple Man. So when did you start to craft these bars together to make people say, hey, I'm not getting on the track with him because he will out-rap me. We've actually seen features with you and other people, and before we watch the video, like, that guy might be in trouble. <laughs> so when did you that. take the bar and that's not hating on that guy because that guy is dope it's just right. you're, you're we have a term that we use called we use called bar heavy right. like you are bar heavy I appreciate when, that man when did the bars become so important to you was that day I can't one really nail, I can't really nail down like a, a, a time I would say when I was up in Atlanta man and recording in Atlanta studio as as a uh, Caucasian MC you can't really come light back then man you can't really come in there and just okie dokie do 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 you had to you had to kill shit man you had to every time you're on the mic you had to kill it you had to say some crazy shit you had to you had to come with some uh some wild uh triple syllable rhymes you had to you know say some wild shit and uh I've always challenged myself to be real creative. And plus, it's competitive, man. I'm a real competitive person. So it's kind of a competitive field, man. You got to be able to, to hang with these dudes. Like, uh, that, there's there's quite a few in country rap now that I feel like are good rappers. So it, it wasn't always like that. But I feel like in the past, you know, five, six years, there's been a uh, – a few of them that's, that's jumped up there, man, and, and, are, and are dope rappers. Is it any artist in the country rap genre you're afraid of when it comes to bars? I've never Here's had that before. Here's the thing. I'm not afraid to write against nobody. I don't give a shit. Nobody. Good answer. But, uh, but. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, I'm not. I don't care. I'll write against anybody. I, you know what I mean? Like, uh, people's fan bases may totally wash me out and say, you're terrible and you got beaten all this. But uh, I truly think that country rap uh, beef, unless it's really like legit shit, I think it's all kind of goofy to me, some of it. But, you know, but I mean, there's 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 dope rappers in country rap, man. Don't get me wrong. I think that... Uh, 
the major ones are fire, bro. Church is fire. Calhoun's fire. Broadnecks is dope. Demon's a great fucking writer. They're dope. They're, they're rappers, bro. They put in their work. They put in their time. Um, there's plenty of other ones too, man. I'm just, that's the first four that came to my mind right now. That kind of, of course, Jay, if you want to call Jelly Roll, I think Jelly Roll's his own thing. No, that motherfucker's been great for a long time. Uh, Hard Target Ryan is probably the illest son of a bitch to ever put on a pair of pants, bro. He's, he's disgustingly good. And uh, Dirty's dope. Frank Bren was dope. All these dudes at Trailer Made are done. They're rappers, bro. They're, this got the, the Trailer Made organization down there. They're rappers, man. Those guys, those guys spit. Dirty's disgusting. Uh, Jeff McCool's got nasty bars there. So I mean, is that Jeff that, McCool? Jeff McCool's a is is dope, bro. The Moccasin Creek, Moccasin Creek. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. yeah. Clay and Brian's, Clay and Brian's good rappers, the lax. They just, uh, man, y'all got me talking. <laughs> so, like, if anyone, if anyone this simple man, would you rebut? Yeah, I'm gonna have a track. <laughs> I'm gonna have a track. He yeah. said that immediately. Like, don't so you get, ain't you ain't look, taking it like yeah. He won't yeah, all the smoke. He won't yeah. all the smoke. Yeah, come on yeah, with whatever. it. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. I'm a grown ass man. I don't give a shit, bro. We can put it down. Whatever. It don't matter. Let me let me text somebody right now. I need you to get something. Stars and I have to because this record just resonated <laughs> in my mind, bro. Because you are a funny guy, and um, I love when you do videos and you put that personality in there. Blue genie, bro. Like what? 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 Yeah. What yeah. what were you thinking? Like, come on, bro. Talk about that record. I said, if we don't, don't talk know. about nothing else, I got to talk about Blue Jeans. I don't really even know, man. Like, I'll hear a track sometimes, and I'll start. I don't even know how that works. I just hear a track sometimes, and I start thinking about. I do remember thinking, I was like, it'll be a dope idea to write about finding a lamp like uh, Aladdin from a country boy's perspective and what mm -hmm. they would wish for and what they would want. You know what I mean? Like, and then uh, – I didn't really plan on writing it like where it had a good message at the end, but then I wrote it and I was like, he was just asking, I was just asking for basic stuff on the first verse. So then I was like, it would be kind of dope. Excuse me. It would be kind of dope if like the genie was uh, disappointed in the first wishes, you know, like they were selfish. So I just went that route with it, man. And ended up, uh, I really like the track, especially now since I released it in Georgia One. That was crazy as hell. <laughs> but, now it's, uh, it's it's one thing to write the track. No, it's one thing to think of it. There's another thing to like try to put those concepts to paper, and then when you're trying to formulate it, this is the hardest part for most rappers trying to formulate it to where it makes sense. Like you did it in a in a very, and this is where I guess the, you writing the poems and you coming back to your history with with the poetry and articulation with words like that probably paved the way for you being the wordsmith that you are today i got a question why did you let pop out fresh out robot you <laughs> i know bro hey when he popped that hey hey uh spank actually i think on the review spank hit it on the head or one of one of y'all did when y'all was like Damn, I don't know if they scripted being that excited when he did that or not, but it looks like they jumping for joy. Bro, we didn't, we was just like going off the cuff with what we did, and he popped up. 
<laughs> and bro, we went, we, me and JK's couldn't quit smiling, bro. That dude, that guy is a fucking treasure, bro. Papa yeah. Fresh is a yeah. dope human being, bro. Nice guy, sick producer, man. And the, and the listen to the dude talk about the, uh, bro, he's like, as much stories as I got, Papa got about tenfold that with, with hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that he's been through underground and, and doing it. And y'all looked up his old stuff. Well, I'm, trick I'm, stuff? I'm no. familiar with yeah. Trick and I'm familiar with King JC. 